Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's Casual Friday. It's Casual Friday where, uh, where uh, I answer your questions. We talk about random stuff, random things. I show off some things with Lineup HQ, maybe. I got one thing planned today. I'm going to show show how, how you could use your own custom kind of projections. You'll see what I'm talking about to uh, help you build, build uh, leverage into your lineups. I'll help you to build low own lineups that you should be playing a GPP. So I'll show you a little bit of that. But uh, but as usual, I talk to the YouTube chat people. Suki Singh, always, not always here first, but most of the time here first. Uh, giving me those thumbs ups. Give me those uh, thummy thumbs, ups, downs, sideways. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Lee Palm, Pug Daddy, Jerome Lewis, Matt Mears, Andrew Garcia, Card Ban, Doug Montgomery, Lee Palm. Mike B, Eric Hillpaul, Dwayne Bones, Uncrabby Cabby. Good morning. Not a good morning for me yesterday. Yesterday was, um, well, the Braves got there. Uh-oh. Well, that's the end of the slate, right? Obviously, they were the mega chalk yesterday on a five-game slate. Coors. And, uh, and yes, Solaire had a home run. And, 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 uh, and Duvall had a home run, right? All these guys. Riley did well, 16. I mean, Freddie Freeman, you didn't need, but I mean, I guess, I mean, seven points at your first base spot wasn't bad, right? I guess Colin Moran, you would have wanted. Uh, but the, the chalk pitchers really didn't do well. I mean, they didn't do badly, but Carrasco and Alcantara both with 13. The the nut the nut lineup was uh, Erod and Keller or McKenzie. You had two of those. You needed that to win. And I, I, did, I did have Keller and I did have Erod. I just did not play... Uh, Tristan McKenzie. I only play. I only played like ten lineups yesterday, and I and I, pl- I played like three Tampa Bay lineups and also three Erod lineups. I played uh, uh, some uh, Indians, and then I also played like my minor also. And I played the Marlins against Chalk Carrasco. That was okay for in the beginning, and then they didn't really go anywhere. I was building like five threes and four fours uh cash some but i mean i lost money yesterday because i was light on the the braves i didn't play the braves as a five-man stack i primarily played them as three i would play like vote at catcher because they the lineup came out late so we saw that like okay they albies wasn't in he wasn't expected to be in and then he was expected to be in and then he didn't play and then peterson wasn't in and rosario was in instead of darno it was vote so he had to do some late swaps some swappy swaps from there but I mean, most of my lineups were like Riley Swanson vote or have one of the outfielders, right? Instead, have Duvall or Solaire or Eddie Rosario or maybe two of them. I was using them as three men. Same for the Rockies. Use them primarily as three men. So I would have Blackman, right? I had Blackman in one lineup, but didn't get there with like the Marlins or something. So no, I did, I did not have a good day yesterday. I'd rather, I would have rather the Braves not gotten there that would have been better. But we see here, Piano Club, just like, nope, don't want to, what, one lineup? Austin Riley in one lineup. No Braves. Let's see here, Nerdy Tender. Barely any McKenzie. No, you'd still have plenty of Braves. But still mostly under. And I, 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 there, were, there were a couple of sharp players that just like overloaded on the Braves. <coughs> but for the most part, 
most were most were under to some degree, and over on Erod Keller over on. I mean, on a five game slate, how was how was Mitch Keller only twelve percent owned? Same for Erod thirteen, while Carrasco and Alcantara are both 40, 40 plus percent owned. McClanahan was twenty eight percent. I don't know how eventful of a slate it was yesterday. It was only five games. It was only five games. Let's go through the YouTube chat. Schedule Friday. We don't how much how much review can I do on a five-game slate? Bjorn Hagen. Good morning. Good morning. I was first in the 121 single entry until the Pirates ninth in the extra innings. Ending up finishing third, but the payout structure of that is pretty flat. Thanks for your help. Yeah. In the 121, let's go to that. Is it in here? We got it in here. Came in third. Rubric, is that your name? Finishing third. Yeah, the payout structure is much better when, when it's five, three, two. But like, this is fine. <clears throat> much flatter. I like these. And I played this. I, I didn't finish not well, but I mean, I let's see. Rubric. Okay, so we got Colorado, 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 Colorado. Four, four, three, one. Okay, there you go. McClanahan, Ed, Eduardo Rodriguez. Owen Miller, Yu Chang, Ryan, I mean, a three-man, not the greatest in Indians three-man. Then you got Crone, Rogers, Black. I mean, Blackman made the lineup. And the Solaire won off. Yeah, that's all you need. What's Shane McClanahan with 13 points? I mean, you didn't even, you replace Shane McClanahan with, uh, with any other pitcher. You probably, you, you win. You win. What's the winning lineup here? Right, McClanahan, right? 22% and McKenzie in a Pittsburgh stack. Pittsburgh stack, one, two, three, four, five. Two Atlanta pieces, Riley and Duval, and Charlie Blackman's 28 points. You don't need much, right? In these single entry things, 322 entries, 141 is the winner. We go, we go to the large field stuff. Right, you need 156. You need a lot more. I love the 121. I play the 121 and the 250 ball four. You don't have to go nuts. I mean, you still play contrarian, but you don't have to go nuts, nuts. Ricardo Ray says uh, the Braves line up to lay hurt you. Why did it hurt you? You have to be playing. You have to plan for these things. Right, you put in your lineups the best way you can with the projected starting you know, batting order, and then you, then you swap. You had plenty of time. Only two games started at seven ten. Was two at seven ten, and then two at like eight ten, and then one then the last, and then eight forty was the was the chorus game. You had plenty of time. The Braves lineup came out after the first two games started, but you, you had plenty of leeway. I hope you don't play NBA. If you play NBA DFS, you, you'll you'll hate it then. That small of a delay, like that that we get we get annoyed by that. In MLB, we we take we take it for granted. In NBA, you're switching to eight hundred times throughout the course of a night. Okay, so is this good enough for to to dislike today? Whatever. We reviewed it. Atlanta got there. Okay, there you go. The, the mega shot got there. Oh, okay. Not much to talk about. What I do want to talk about, I'm going to talk about something that's that's useful for any sport, 
but I mean, I'm going to put it in the lens of MMA. So obviously it's Friday. We have a card tomorrow. But you could use it in other sport. You could you, you could use it for showdown a little, I guess. You could use it for golf, definitely. I mean, you can use it for any sport, basketball, whatever, whatever you want. So I'm going to show you. This is my little, if you want to call it a model, little model. Well, it's not a, it's not a, it's not trying to predict anything. Okay. So this MMA card tomorrow, there's 10 fighters, there's 10, 10 fights. And you're not going to play fighters in the same lineup together. So all I'm doing with this is using the odds. So I get these odds from, from a sports book, the win odds, the inside the distant odds, the round one odds. Here's the ownership from Roto-Grinders currently, obviously that, that may change. Here's the projection. And I just see what what fighters are over owned or under owned based on their odds for like a 90 plus point score which a lot is tied to round one and inside the distance odds so i take this and i see okay morono is 19 percent owned but he's like 25 percent chance of winning inside the distance so he's, he's like he's under owned by how much now this is what this rating metric is I kind of combine all these things together, weight them in a certain way to get some type of rating score where, the, where one is kind of the middle to see are they over or under owned. Now, obviously, on a, on a card with only 10 fights, the, the, the ownership is going to be more inflated than the odds because there's only so many fighters to choose from. It's a very, it's a small card. But based on this, sure, based on just the RG stuff, Shore is a little, little, just a tad bit under-owned. Jordan is a tad, like, no one's that far and away. Like, Morono is decently enough under-owned for his odds. Spivak down here at the bottom, compared to some of these other, you know, underdog fighters. Yeah, we have someone like David Zawada, heavily over-owned. Molly McCann, heavily over-owned. I mean, it's not like she should be that owned, but still more owned than he should, she should be. So I use this rating to determine this is which fighters provide you with the most amount of leverage in your lineup. So if I'm going to use Morono in a lineup, if I'm going to use Spivak in that lineup, it's like I could use, I could now use, I could use Molly McCann in that lineup. So I'm getting all these, these points, these ratings, these, this leverage from these fighters to make up for the lack of it that I get from another fighter. So being that you roster six fighters, you know, you're in, in, I mean, on this slate, you're not going to get to six, six points total, but you want like the, the highest leverage lineup would be whichever has the highest rating. It would be the highest leverage lineup. Is it the best lineup? No, but the one that supposedly would be the highest expected value lineup you could play the high standard deviation, but the highest you could play. So I don't want to build lineups that have Zawada, Brunson, Erosa, Aspinall, Till, right? Their, their total rating, their total leverage rating would be low in comparison. So that's all this, this, that's all this does. It's not predicting anything. It's not predicting fights or nothing. This is a tool to help me build lineups. And you could do this type of thing in other sports. If you want to create some type of some type of uh, spreadsheet 
and go like, what do I think their efficient ownership is? What are their, what is their ownership? And then come up with some type of, some type of rating, right? A golfer, you go, well, I, this golfer is going to be 18% owned. Uh, I think they should be 22% owned. 22 divided by 18 is whatever. And have it and give it a rating. This guy's 6% owned. I don't think he should be more than 4% owned. So that obviously they're, they're over-owned. You can make it up. You can make up whatever you want. I mean, just the whole purpose is to get this number. And why do you want that number? To help you build lineups. That's all it's doing for you is helping you build lineups. Because we have a way. Here's our, our MMA on lineup HQ. So here's the projected ownership. Now, in most optimizers, including uh, lineup HQ, like if you, if you just ran 20, like if I just ran 20 right now, it's going to give me the best median lineups, right? It's going to give me lineups that really don't have any leverage or nothing, right? It's going to be the, whatever the project, right? You're going to get Brunson, right? And we're not playing fighters against each other. So here you go. Brunson, Zawada, McCann, Jordan, Aspinall, Shaw. This is from a median perspective, 400 median points, 243.3% ownership total. And most of the time, and, and we use this ownership, we compare the median to the ownership. And you go, well, this lineup is better than that lineup because it projects higher and it has lower ownership. But all these lineups are over. Like if you're playing large field GPPs, like these lineups that can contain both Shore and Aspinall, I mean, look at this, 53, 55, 40, 41, 32, 26. This lineup seven over here, like I, this is this lineup will be duplicated at 49.9 will be duplicated 50, 100 times more than that, maybe. Like, this is not this is not a profitable lineup. Look at all this ownership in the lineup. So, what most people do to eliminate that go like these lineups are too owned, right? 230, right? So, maybe you have maybe you separate Aspinall and Shaw. Sure. So, let's do that. I'm going to show what most people do. Which you can do. So I'm gonna go. Okay, I want to. I want to. I want to. You know, separate the two my highest owned fighters, Aspinall and Shore. Okay, and then let's build twenty. Okay, okay, we're getting it down right. Right, we're not putting any constraints or nothing. But still, look, you still got forty percent. Look, there's no fighter in this lineup that's under thirty percent though. There's none. Large field GPP, this lineup's going to be duplicated a million times, right? There's going to be duped. Like, look, look at these lineups. This, obviously, they're owned because they project better. They're better. Yes, of course. I get it. Right? Molly McCann is 25%. I mean, these lineups are, are, to me, not even playable. Maybe, okay, here we go, 214. But even in this lineup, this lineup still, look how, look how much ownership is in this, this lineup here at 214. All right, we go down here, 214. We got anything else lower than that? 219. They still look. So let's say we go, okay, well, how do we make it, how do we make it uh, even lower? Well, I'm going to set a cap on the total lineup ownership. I can go 200. The total of 200. And then you build 20. So, so we don't get any of those lines. So we don't have Shore and Aspital together. And we don't have anything that's over 200. So now we're getting better. Now we're starting to, starting to get better. Now we're getting Dolce in there. 
Now we're getting Jiyeon Kim in there at 19% ownership. Still spending most of the salary, right? And on a 10-fight card, a 10-fight card, a lot, of the, a lot of the 50K lineups are going to be duped a bunch of times. Here's a 49-5. So maybe you don't mind this. 49-5 line. So you know what people do? They go, okay, well, in order to get even less duplicated, I'm going to now go, I'm going to set my maximum to 49.5. So I can't even get those lines. So now I'm doing multiple things. Separating Shore and Aspinall. I'm setting the max line, total lineup ownership to 200%. I'm setting the salary bar barrier. So it doesn't even spend, most it could spend is 49.5. Now I'm running 20 lineups. Okay. So we get that lineup from before. Then we get this one with the 10% sure Sergey Spivak. Okay, now, now we're getting closer. Okay, now we're getting kind of closer to what we want, right? Get it right here, right? Some 20% owned fighters, okay? So now we're more in the realm, 49.5, 49.4, 49.49.2. So this would be more, these would be more of the types of lineups that I'd be playing in tomorrow's MMA slot. Okay, by doing it that way, by finding, but what you're doing right now, I'm eliminating all the Shore Aspinall lines. I'm eliminating any lineup that has a total projected ownership of 200%. I'm eliminating anything that's 49.6, 49.7. Maybe there are lineups that are, are not as duplicated that could be in those. But I need to, based on how optimizers work, I need to set these hard, these hard caps like this, just to get more of the lineups that I want. But there's another way, okay? There's another way to do it. So we did it this way. This would be the norm, I would always consider the normal way, right? This is the way that I used to do, right? This is the way I would do it in any most, pretty much any other sport, right? So we get this, this, these types of lineups. But what you can do, since these ratings that you do already built in the owners, or it already, compensates for that ownership right if i play morono i get a lot of a lot of leverage right he's only 19 percent owned i'm not getting much morono here because his median just median projection is not that it's not that good i would have to i would have to bump him up on purpose in order to get more of him because his his median fighting score type of projection but i don't care about those I care about building the lineups that I want to build. I want to build, I want to build Morono in the lineups. Well, I could just make the exposures and kind of force them in. But if I upload this rating as the projection, then obviously Morono is going to be the best projected. It's going to give me all of the, it's going to give me Morono. It's going to give me Spivak. It's going to give me Jordan. It's going to give me a lot of those types of lineups. And it's actually going to give me less Aspinall. It's going to give me barely any Brunson. We could see here, Look how much Brunson I'm probably getting, right? How much Brunson? Where's Brunson? Right, five. I get five Brunson. All the shore. I get tons of shore. It's the highest projected median from a projection standpoint here. So what I what I will do is I upload, I take this, and what I also do, just, just to show you, this ownership, I'm just leaving there. Okay, so I'm going to go to my custom projections. You can upload. Just take the sheet and upload it. Just change the headers. So the fantasy points right here. So you look 102, 
for F points is 102 for sure, right over here. I'm still going to keep the ownership just to show you, just to show you. You don't have to. Okay, so now let's build 20 lines. If I just built, I don't, now I don't touch anything. I have no build rules. My player groups, I'm going to get rid of. I'm going to get rid of the player group, right? That hold, it separates the two. I'm going to put it at 47 to 5,000. I'm going to take away the, I don't care about the total ownership. The top 20 lineups that I build should be the highest leverage lineups, right? I go like this, 5.95. That's the closest it could come. Morano, Jordan, Spivak, Martinez, Till, Dolce, right? Take a look at the percent ownership because I'm leaving that in, 155. I was able to get a 155 lineup without, look, I didn't have to, I didn't have to set any type of min-max. I didn't have to set anything. No range of that, no nothing. We go look back at the lineups. I'm getting 155 total, 159, 159, 163. 161, 161, 165, 180, 165, 185, 144, 137, 144. One th These are the lineups that I want to play. And let's take a look at the salaries. 50. Here's a, here, look. This is the highest leverage lineup based on using the RG ownership, which can change. Obviously, you, you do this closer to lock when, you know, ownership gets updated. This is the highest leverage lineup, and it spells and spends the entire salary. Had I done it the other way, I would have never gotten this lineup because I would have said I want to leave at least five hundred on the table because that's the only way I could start controlling this stuff. So I would have missed this lineup. That includes a Morono, Spivak, Dalcha, Lewin, however you pronounce his name, and doesn't include Aspinall or Shore. Right? Doesn't include the two highest owned fighters. In fact, it doesn't even include. Bukaskis and Brariot, who is the next highest owned fighters. So it like fades the top four owned fighters. But even in doing so, it's using 50,000 in salary. I don't mind this lineup. This lineup won't be duplicated. If at either this will be unique or only duped under five times, probably. But I would have never gotten it with the, the, old, the old way of doing it, doing it more bluntly. Look at 49.6, 49.9, 49.4, 50. Here's another 50,000. Look how many low on fighters I'm playing. I'm playing Murano. I'm, I'm fading. I, here's Shore. Here's Shore's in the line. But I got everyone else. For, other than Shore and Jordan, everything else is 20 or below. I could spend 50,000 if I do that. Going through some of these, 49.9, 49.5, 50,000. Like, look at some of these 50,000 lineups. That I would have never gotten by doing it the other way. 49.3, 49.1. The salary doesn't even matter at this point. I don't care. 48.9. Of course, I'm getting all the Morono, right? I mean, because he, he, he projects the best. He provides the most amount of leverage. So you're getting a lot of Morono speed back. Okay? Not getting as much Aspinall because obviously Spivak's in there. So let's say I do want to get some Aspinall. Maybe I want to get 50% Aspinall and 50% short because they're too chalk these people, right? Just put 20 lineups, okay? So let's take a look at these Aspinall lineups. What do these look like, right? Probably with Morono. So, okay, here, 175, 558. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get anything with Shore also. 
Here, here's Aspinall Shaw. Okay, here we go. 187 total ownership. 49.8. Aspinall Shaw Morono, but now it needs Arosa, Vendramini, and Dolce in there in order to balance out the fact that you're having two high-owned fighters there. 49.8 with two. Remember what we did before, before we uploaded this. I said, in order to prevent me from getting so many lineups that don't have enough leverage, I need to separate the two highest owned fighters and I need to set it for 49.5 or below. Well, here's a lineup that has enough leverage and it has both of those fighters and it's over 49.5. So I wouldn't have been able to get this lineup had I made those constraints that way. Not saying that this is the best lineup or anything, but I'm already weighing these, this, this projection. All that projection is, is this range. And it's helping me now build lineups that are going to be more unique. At that point, I don't care about, I don't care about median projections. And then you just build, if you, you don't want to, obviously, if you don't want 100% Verona, maybe you don't want more than 50% of a fighter at all. Right, you could do this individually. You run 20 lineups. So there you go. You're going to get all, you're still going to get, you're going to get a lot of Spivak, a lot of Jordan, a lot of Murano, right? It's only separated, but it's only 1v1s. And here you go. There's 20 lineups. Easy peasy. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about ownership totals or anything. I only left them here just to show you how different they are. Right, we go back to the first one. Let's see, delete this build, delete this build. We go back to build one, right? We tried to build, we tried to build like that before and we were still getting a little too chalky. I may, I may have to set this down even further, right? These are all 193s, 199s. These are all 155s, 150. So that maybe we have to go back and set that at 160, but then we're not going to be eliminating the ones that have, you know, 50K in salary. So you do it the old way. It's going to, it's tough. You end up building, you build a hundred lineups and you find out that you're building a lot of lineups that are actually duped more than 10 or 20 times. And you're like, well, I mean, I'm, what else am I supposed to do? I'm leaving money on the table. I'm separating out chalky, you know, I'm putting the four chalkiest guys in a group and only playing two max, two of them. Well, an easier way could be to build yourself some type of, you know, put all the, put all the whatever. These could be golfers. Remember, this could be anything. These, these could be stacks in baseball. These could be NFL. This could be especially the showdown. Like, how do I build properly leveraged showdown lineups for NFL? Well, who's higher on and lower on? A lot of times you're doing that and you're using the exposures to do it. Right? So let's say we go back to, let's go, let's go back to the normal projections, right? The, just to use the, whatever's the normal stuff in here. So let's say you want to try to try to duplicate that, right? We're just going to leave everything the way it is, 20 lineups. So you'd look at this and you go, okay, I want a lot of Morono. I want a lot of Jordan, and I want a lot of Spivak, right? So you'd go in here and you go, well, I want, I want, but because it's not going to give you this with the median projection. So I'm like, I want 50 of this. I want 50 of Spivak. I want 50 of Jordan, right? And then you run it. But it's still going to try to jam in the bet. It's trying to, trying to jam in everyone. 
Spivak, Morano. Take a look at Morano. Like this lineup, 216, like this lineup is still still not different enough. Well, it's going to be Pembled and Jordan. And so you go, okay, well, in order for me to not get this lineup, I only, I only want to play 10% Shore, and I only want to play 10% Brunson, and only 10% Pimblet and 10% Aspinall. And let's see what happens. And you still, and you still, and look, and look at the, you're still getting lineups that are way too owned. Right here, maybe, maybe this one, maybe 174, 169, maybe, maybe these. So if you're doing it this way, a lot of times you're building, like even for 20 lineups, you're going to build, I'm going to build a hundred and try to weed out the ones that are good enough. But look at what, look at what I did before. I just use the rate. I just, I, I put those, what these exposures, I don't need anymore. It's already getting purposely give me more of that. So even though they're not the projection, once you've decided on a strategy, you're using the lineup HQ, you're using an optimizer as a tool to just efficiently build more lineups. So you don't have to hand build one by one. Well, why don't you just hack, hack, hack it? Just hack, hack, hack it. Come up with your own metric that already determines that, and then just put it in. So this, this is how I built now. I, I built, the, the first way that I showed you is how I built for over a year playing MMA. Trying to get that, get, get it down, get, get it down, get it down, get it down, weed this out, separate these guys. And I would get enough, I would get uniques, but I would also get a lot of garbage. Not garbage. I mean, just like lineups that just we're, we're not for large field GPP. We're not plus enough. Now that I'm doing it this way, I'm going to way more lineups. I do. I do get duped. I mean, I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for all my lineups to be unique. To be clear, if I play hundred, I'm playing 120 lineups tomorrow. I may ha have 40 uniques, but like the other 80 lineups are typically like 70 of them are under five. Right, it's not like they're they're duped seventy times. I don't mind. So, like, my goal is not to get like all uniques. That would be a different process for that. But my lineups are more likely to be unique or close to unique by doing it this way. I hope you understand that that that's that that's what the purpose of this sheet is. A lot of people ask me for my MMA model, like it's not a model. Well, it is. You could you could do the same exact thing that I'm doing. Compare the odds to the ownership and then divide it. There you go. Who's over and under owned? Even if you just go by inside the distance odds and that's it. Well, this guy's, look, 48% probability inside the distance, 53% off. Close, it's close. 56% inside the distance, 55% off. So that's like a kind of efficient, right? That's why his rating is closer to one. So Wada is 23% chance inside the distance, 33% owned. So he's wildly, he's over-owned for winning inside the distance, which is more correlated to 90 to 100 point scores. So you could do the same exact thing. And go, I want, and you'll find that, oh, Morano, even though he has the lowest inside the distance odds for all the favorites, like we see Morano and maybe Martinez. Well, when he does win inside the distance, you're going to get so much leverage over everyone. Right, especially when Zawada, his opponent, is going to be 33% owned. So, like, it makes complete sense why he would be the highest rated fighter here. 
not because I think he's going to win or he's going to put up a lot of it has nothing to do with the score. I get more leverage by playing Moran. That's all I know. And then now when I play him, I can play other fighters and build lineups that make sense much quicker. That old process from before sometimes would take me an hour. Okay, I got to do this. I got to do, let me separate these things. Let me do that. Let me weed the, let me build 300 lineups and then take out the ones that I don't want. Do that. There's no process. I, five minutes. Typically I build my MMA lineups in five to 10 minutes, maybe. I don't just press the build button and go, whatever it gives me. I go, okay, well, so I'm still typically taking, I'm still taking on, on this tomorrow slate. I'm going to have, Exposure to every fighter on the slate in 120 lineups. Even the worst, even the worst rated, you know, even like Brunson or Zawada or, or Molly McCann. I may still have 10%, 8%, 12%, something down there, something. I could still make plus EV lineups with them, but most of those lineups are going to have like Murano and Jordan and, and Spivak in them. Because it's going to need it's going to need to have those guys in them to make up for such low, you know, negative leverage you get from those fighters. But I'll still have them. Just won't have many as many lineups with them. And this is what helps me do it. So a lot of people look at the model. And go, oh, oh, so you're telling me Morano is the best play on the slate? I go, well, he's the best play for leverage. That's it. That's it. Is he going to win? I don't know. That's what the that's what the odds here are for. I don't know. From a projection standpoint, Jack Shore is the best player on the slate. And that makes sense. But there are there, there are lineups that could win that don't have them. But even but you could even look over here, Jack Shore, probably probably going to be one of the highest owned fighters. I mean, he's still positive, according to this, based on RG ownership, he's still positive left. He's still slightly positive. I mean, look compared to the rest of the he's one, two. Three, he's the fourth highest rated fighter on the slate, and he will be the most expensive and highest owned. Well, it's primarily because he's 9,100, and he's a minus 550 favorite with plus 110 inside the distance odds. Like, he probably should be 60 to 65% owned. Probably should be around there. You got Aspinall there also. So, like, if we change this ownership right here, like, we, if, we, if we made this, if, let's say we made... This 56, 55, 54, like 54 and 50, 48, 50, let's go up. Yeah, something like that. Like that would make it more efficient if it was that. But a lot of, a lot of these fighters are overall only because you got you to play six of them. So a lot of these fighters are going to be overall compared to their ITB odds. Can, you can help it, but not play. You got to play an underdog. You got to play someone. You got to play, got to build a six man roster. So I hope that helps. I hope something, you could do something like this, some type of process like this for any sport. Whatever, however way it works for you, where you're replacing the projection with some type of number that helps you build lineups better. Like yesterday, if you wanted to, oh, I'm going to put uh, numbers on all the Braves, low numbers on all the Braves, and high numbers on all the Pirates or whatever, some low owned team. You could do that. Doesn't have to be exact even. 
So how do I make it that I know this team doesn't project well, but it provides, you know, the Red Sox yesterday. I played three Red Sox lines against McClanahan. Like if you yesterday in the, in the optimizer, if, if you, the projections for Schwarber or Devers were not going to be good. You have to, you would have to go in and force in Boston Red Sox exposure in order to get it. Or you download the entire, you download the whole, the, the, all the projections and you change them, right? You go, okay, I'm going to bump down all the, all the Braves. I'm going to bump up all the Red Sox. Then you, you put it back, right? I mean, you could do that in line, in, in line of HQ. But if you wanted to assign some type of metric, I mean, let's say as simple. I'm not saying this is the perfect way of doing it. Let's say you have a 10-point scale on stacks, right? And you go, based on the leverage, based on, you know, you know how over or under-owned they are. Something like Slate IQ, you go in there, what, what's the leverage number? Even that, I guess. You use that. And you go, okay, I'm going to rate the Braves four. And you just give all the, all the Braves four. doesn't matter who they are. They're all project the same. What does it matter? In the Red Sox, you give an eight to. In the Royals, you give a six to. In the Pirates, you give a, give a seven to. You, you rate all the teams, and then you upload it back. And now all those players have those numbers. And then you build the line. Then obviously, now that the Red Sox are all have an eight-point projection, you're gonna if you don't change anything, you're gonna get 20 Red Sox stacks. You're barely gonna get the Braves. And then you go from there. And then you, you hack the optimizer to give it the lines that you want to build. You can do it that way. Obviously, in team sports like that, like it's less likely only because of the correlation because different batters are going to be worth differently. I mean, it's not like golf or MMA where just like, they're just the golfers. You're not, you're not court is Freddie Freeman versus Gil Heredia is a difference, but you could maybe even change that. So I'm going to rate the Braves a four, but I'm going to give Freeman a seven and, uh, and vote, but vote, I'll give a three and you, you change all the projections out. You could, you could do it that way. If your goal is to just build, like kind of five, three, or four, four type lineups. It'll just give you the two stats. Oh, the team that projects your eight point team could be mixed with now the Braves, right? Because you're making up the points there and getting the the high owned team that you're getting negative leverage from. Now you can, but if you're going to play, you know, the, with the Rockies, who you rate as a three, you're not going to get Rockies Braves lineups anymore, right? Because the projections of the projections of those teams are going to be low. And we know that the optimizer is essentially one big knapsack problem. It's just going to try to give you whatever you put in that column, in that, in that, in that, uh, that F points column, it's just going to try to jam in as much salary and give you as many points as possible from that, from that column. And there you go. So I wanted to show that you could use lineup. You could use lineup HQ. You could use these tools any way you want to use them. Anyway, that accomplishes accomplishes the goal that you that you want. Let's see. Let's see. Jonathan Souza says tomorrow should be your day for MMA super fadable main event. Yes, because Darren Till, what he's going to throw like three punches around, but maybe he knocks him out. You never know.
Legda 187. I'm just going through. I know that some of these are for a while ago, but I, I, I go through the entire YouTube channel. If Patty has a 41 chance at, chance at a finish, are we comparing it to ownership essentially to find leverage fund? Yes. That's essentially, that's essentially what I'm doing. Patty Pimblett, 168, 22% in the first round, 37% overall, 61% chance to win. If he's going to be 41% owned, he's going to be overowned. You're not wildly overowned, but I mean, in comparison, because all, all these, a lot of these mid range are going to be overowned. Overowned. Only because it's a 10 fight card. See, they're all going to be inflated to some extent. Actually, Pimblet is not like it's not the worst, but he is going to be over at forty-one percent. If he was, I mean, you change this to thirty-one percent, and now we now he's a much better play, right? But if he's going to be forty-one, then he's then he's more overowned. You'd rather play Gian Kim, who's only going to be twenty percent owned. Well, he only has a sixteen percent chance at a finish, but comparison to our ownership. From a mathematical perspective, would be a better, a more, a higher expected value play in a vacuum. So that, yes, that is essentially what I'm doing with this sheet. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. If people are talking about tennis, tennis, I would assume tennis is like this also. Right, very, very binary. Very similar to MMA. That's why I say golf. Golf, you're not, you know, obviously there's no matchups in golf. But golf, you could do the same thing. I mean, in all the sports, you could do the same thing. It's just easier in sports where you don't have to worry about correlations of lineups and, you know, how they interact with one another. Captain, captains and that type of stuff. And like PGA, you could go, okay, I'm going to take all the golfers. I'm going to put their chances of, uh, you know, top 10 finish, top finish, top 10, top 20, and then compare it to the ownership. And then just give me, you know, some type of like a, a rating and then use that number to use in, 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 in your optimizer. Tennis, you could do the same thing. You do the, right. It's very similar to MMA because only one person can win the match and you do that. And then you take the number and you put, you put that in instead of trying to hack through the, using exposures and do like the process I did in the very beginning. It's harder to work with it. And you, and you, and you can miss lineups that are profitable. Like I said before, it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to separate the two highest owned guys and leave 500 on the table. And we saw, look at this. There are lineups that have those two guys in the lineup and use 50,000 in salary that are good, that are fine. That you could play. That can be profitable. I'm just showing you how you can use the tools. You can use Line of HQ any way you want. You get that with Combo Premium. Any premium. NFL Premium. Doesn't matter. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Going through the YouTube chat some more. If you have any, any questions before we get out of here on casual Fridays, we got, what, a 14-game baseball slate later today? What the hell is going on? I don't even know. Glenn Otto, Kyle Gibson. Okay, this is going to be a great slate. <laughs> this is a slate to skip out on when Nestor Cortez is projecting as one of the higher owned pitchers. <laughs> uh, I may not even play tonight. 
may not even play. Just take the night off. Kind of getting sick of baseball. But we got football coming up. We got NFL coming up next week. And for all those that are asking questions about NFL, we, we got we got so much time for NFL. Okay, so much. We're gonna have so much time for NFL. Don't worry. I'll probably be going over lineup HQ for NFL probably 800 times a week. So you're not gonna miss anything. But we're going to talk about showdown. Like, you know, on, on the days that we have showdown, we can talk about some showdown. We can review showdown lineups from the day before. On Tuesdays, we can talk about my, what happened at Monday showdown, right? On Mondays, James will be here. We'll be reviewing the Sunday slate. And then we could talk about, you know, the, the Thursday showdown, the Sunday slate on, you know, later in the week. And I mean, it's the NFL is, is everyone plays NFL. There'll be tons of time. You can get sick of me. Gonna be doing the same things over and over and over again. Legna 187 on best fight odds. How do you find the round run probability by going to the round run? By just going to it. It's so complicated. Okay, so this is bestfightodds.com. Okay, let it load. So here you go, Till Brunson. The props, the, the, these 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 arrows, right? So you go here. Brunson wins inside the distance, 300. Till wins inside the distance, plus 125. Till wins in round one, 350. Brunson wins in round one, 750. There you go. Go to each individual fight. So you just go fighter wins in round one. Fighter wins in round one. Fighter wins inside distance. There's all these sports books here. You want to go, you want to, Martinez Rojo, right? Martinez wins in round one, plus 450, 445. Rojo wins in round one, 675. All right, that's it. Not that complicated. Oh, let's see. Blender, ever play League of Legends? No. I think I played one slate. I played one League of Legends slate. It was like a VIP free roll or something like that. I just stacked two teams and I, I cashed. <laughs> That's all I did. I didn't know anything. But the correlation in League of Legends is really high. So most likely you're just you're just you're stacking two teams and that's it. You're done. I think the R between the between all the players on the same team is like the highest of any of any DFS sport. So if you're not stacking, you ain't winning. Baker Helton says you must be weighing the projection decently high because Spivak's leverage ratings are the highest by a decent amount, but his rating isn't the highest. Well, it's all on a one-point scale. I mean, look at look at him in comparison to all the other dogs. Like he's he's way higher rated. It's all on a scale where one is the center. Okay. So like look at all this green, but I mean his projection is also low. I mean, he doesn't have to, he's the second worst shot at winning. Now, in comparison to all these others, he's 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 the nut. He's going to show up in so many lineups. Like I said, I don't care. I don't care about the exact number. I care about the numbers in relation to one another. So one hundred three is like, oh well, he's not that. He's not that high. No, he's extremely high. When Arosa is point six two and Shalinian's point six four and Rojo is point sixty, it's extremely high. He's going to show up in like everywhere. If, he, if, if his rating was 1.5, it wouldn't change. It. What, what, what would it change? It wouldn't even change it. 
He's going to show up more than anything else. That's all it's supposed to do is compare fighters relatively to another and help me build lines. So you're not going to see ratings. You're going to never see a rating that's like 1.8, 2.0 on large cards, maybe. On a 15-fight card, I've, I've, I've had guys with 1.8, 1.9. Guys that go just completely overweight because there's like two, two or three fighters in that range that like everyone's fighting. Like the 187, how do you convert odds into percentage points? Well, you could do it mathematically. There's also plenty of odds calculators, like aceodds.com. You could just Google, just Google odds converter. If you don't, if you don't know the formula, just look, look, Google the odds converter formula and put it into Excel. Like, look, American odds of 150 is 40%. I mean, that's that's what it is. American odds of 100 are 50%. 200 is 33%. 300 is 25%. 400 is 20%. Right? Minus 200 is 66.7%. Right? There you go. Right, you, you could use a use a converter, or you could just could plug in the formula, right? You could take it, feel free. They take a screenshot. There you go. Right, you could even odds, American odds converter, converter formula. Right, you could find you could find there are plenty of places. I mean, this is ridiculous. Just put that into Excel. You're done. There you go. You're done. This is all simple math. This isn't complicated. None of this is got none of this is complicated math. None of it is. I could have I I I could have I could have made this in the seventh grade. Okay. In order to in order to make this sheet. In order to make this exact exact sheet, you don't need anything more than seventh grade math. At least for me, I don't know. If you were in a remedial class, I don't know. At least for me, I could have done this in the seventh grade. Probably even sixth grade, maybe. There's nothing complicated here. Edward Brown says the public school system has failed you terribly. <laughs> Okie doke. So uh, we got uh, Grinders Live coming up later today. Got uh, crunch time for, for premium members. Next week starts uh, it's the NFL. It's the road to NFL DFS. We have the schedule. The schedules come out. There's tons of content every single day. Every single day. I'll, I'll be on every single day, right? Like I normally am. Uh, I'll be on Monday nights and Thursday nights for, for showdown. So like 7.15, 7.30, do like a, you know, b- before lock type of analysis. I'll be on with Will on Mondays and and uh, Justin uh, Steel Cards on Thursdays. Uh, I'll be on Fridays for the Advanced Sports Analytics Show. That is back with Stuart Gibson and Brandon Adams and me to go through advanced lineup construction and correlation strategies and all that stuff. That's, I don't believe, is a live show, but that's posted afterwards. It'll be posted Friday afternoons and also on the on the podcast feed, the Daily Fantasy Football podcast feed for Roto-Grinders. 
And uh, and and then we got we got so many other shows. Torny takes the guild cast, the soul cast, the they got uh, the ownership report, the blitz, the this 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 tons, there's tons of shows, tons of content. So subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the notification bell. You'll know when all, anything goes live. You'll know when it goes live. And also, you can download the Roto Grinders app on your phone. That could tell you when something's live. Also, you could listen to just the audio. If you're on the go, you don't have to be even be here on YouTube. So do that. And uh, and then hopefully we, we all have a great NFL DFS season. So we'll be talking about that more next week because I'm here for you guys. Answering your questions in the YouTube chat. Mondays through Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>